Hello and welcome to this overview of the Off-Road's Guide to Temporary Traffic Management, Part 7, Traffic Controllers. The Guide to Temporary Traffic Management details temporary traffic management requirements for Australia and New Zealand practitioners. It contains guidance and instructions for planning, designing and implementing temporary traffic management and is focused on providing optimum safety for employees and contractors working in or near traffic and a safe environment for all road users. The combination of a four-year collaborative project between Austro's Australasian Transport Agencies and Industry, the guide will help to harmonise temporary traffic management practice in Australia and New Zealand. My name is Liz and I work in the communications team at Austro's. My details are shown on this slide. The Guide to Temporary Traffic Management has 10 parts, which are available to download for free from the Austroads website. To have access, you'll need to log into your Austroads online account. If you currently don't have an Austroads account, you can sign up for free on the login page of our website. Part 7 details contemporary traffic controller practices, including information about training competencies, control instructions and devices. You can access the part through this direct link. We also encourage you to have the guide open so you can refer to the relevant section numbers during this presentation. I will now introduce our presenter, who is Leah Kelly. Leah has over 14 years experience in infrastructure prioritisation, planning and delivery with a focus on the transport sector. She has held roles with Queensland Treasury, Queensland Treasury Corporation, Building Queensland and Oricon and has worked on and led the delivery of major projects and programs. Leah has led the infrastructure advisory team at Oricon, which focuses on delivery of technical asset management, business case and due diligence advice for a range of public and private sector clients. Welcome Leah. Thank you, Liz, and hello everyone. Welcome to my presentation on part seven, traffic controller instructions of the Austroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management. The preparation of the material within this presentation has been a large part of my professional life for the past two years and represents a major update to industry. I'm really pleased to be able to introduce this edition of the Austroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management. In this webinar, we will run through the topics on screen. So we'll look at the development of new guidance material for temporary traffic management, the structure and approach to the new guidance material, and key changes to guidance material previously contained in the Australian standard. This guidance is provided to minimise and remove risks to traffic controllers, road workers and road users. Traffic controllers have an important safety function on a work site, but operate in a very high risk environment. The focus is on managing risks associated with providing an optimal level of safety for people working in or near traffic. It also considers the impact of road work on road users, on road congestion and on the general community. Traffic controllers must ensure that they are familiar with relevant jurisdictional health and safety legislative requirements and regulations. These are not reproduced in this guide. Also, this applies to all works on roads and near roads, in addition to off-road development and other activities that interact with and impact on the road environment. Given the high-risk environment traffic controllers operate in, this material is intended to enhance the ability of road agencies and industry to meet work health and safety requirements and to improve safety outcomes, to improve the standard of temporary traffic management, to reduce the rate of incidents occurring at work sites, to improve management of activities due to increased frequency and variety, 
and to allow continuous industry review. There is rapid technology change in this area and a need to adopt approved technologies where it will lead to improved outcomes for road workers and road users. Traffic controllers often work across jurisdictional boundaries and companies and individuals are subject to time and cost in posts to comply with necessary requirements. The adoption of uniform guidance material will assist with improved harmonisation, improved consistency for road users, including vulnerable road users. This is targeted at improving road user behaviour, the safety of road work sites, and reducing impact on road congestion and the general community. Uniform guidance should also lead to benefits associated with harmonised training and accreditation, which will benefit traffic controllers who work across jurisdictional boundaries. It is a mandatory requirement that any person who undertakes on-site manual traffic control tasks has successfully completed a traffic controller course provided by an accredited training provider. Traffic controllers must always keep their traffic controller's ticket with them on their person, indicating their accreditation details. Traffic controllers are not authorised to undertake any on-site traffic controlling tasks unless they hold this valid accreditation as a traffic controller at the time. Traffic controllers may also have supervisory duties for traffic controllers in training. A traffic controller in training is a person who has successfully completed the theory component of the approved training course prior to attending a worksite to obtain practical experience. A traffic controller in training is only authorised to control traffic whilst under the direct and close supervision of a person who holds a current traffic controller accreditation. Noting this may be a traffic controller or a registered training organisation or RTO. The supervising traffic controller must be able to intervene if the traffic controller in training has questions requiring immediate responses or if other intervention is required. When conducting supervision of a traffic controller in training, the supervising traffic controller must not devote attention to other tasks or ask the traffic controller in training to do anything that is outside of the scope of the training agreement between the RTO and the worksite manager or between the RTO and the registered traffic management organisation. The guide outlines medical fitness requirements for traffic controllers. Many requirements are assessed as part of accreditation, but then the onus is on the self-assessment throughout the accreditation period. Fitness for duty covers eyesight, hearing, speech and vision, mobility, endurance and concentration, learning, literacy and numeracy skills, character and suitability, site climactic conditions, which refers to ensuring adequate management of hydration and selection of appropriate clothing, fatigue and hydration, and drugs and alcohol. Traffic controllers are only allowed to perform duties that fall within the boundaries of their functions and responsibilities. It is therefore imperative that traffic controllers familiarise themselves with the functions and responsibilities of a traffic controller before undertaking any on-site traffic controlling tasks. Responsibilities can cover primary and secondary responsibilities. Primary responsibilities include for their own safety, remaining at a station at all times unless directed by the supervisor to leave or if relieved by another traffic controller, 
Controlling traffic to enable motorists and road users to negotiate around, through or past the worksite safely. Dealing with motorists and other road users professionally. Responding to instructions for traffic control in emergencies and other difficult situations. Monitoring and reporting on delays to traffic. Supervising traffic controllers in training as required. Installing and removing signs that are required for traffic controllers. And reporting incidents and near misses. Secondary responsibilities include for the safety of fellow workers, the safety of motorists and road users, and enabling works at the site to be conducted safely by minimising the risks associated with traffic movement, as well as notification if any, any faulty equipment is being used. The guidance material provides flexibility by giving traffic controllers a range of clothing options to achieve a high visibility outcome and to assist in ensuring safety of the traffic controller on a worksite. It is recommended that clothing be chosen to achieve a high level of comfort for the traffic controller, taking into account environmental factors and specific worksite requirements. All clothing and accessories worn by traffic controllers must be clean, in good order and not be faded. Traffic controllers are to wear clothing and materials that conform to the latest edition of the Australian Standard. Traffic controllers are only allowed to use approved equipment specified in the guidance material. This includes the use of the handheld stop slow bat, warning signs and portable traffic control devices. Other key considerations are the location and visibility of the traffic controller and of approved equipment. The guidance also discusses the use of communications devices, such as portable two-way radios and hand signals without the use of additional equipment and specific considerations for night works. This material focuses on arrival at a work site and activities at commencement of a shift. The contractor and the traffic management company are required to organise a pre-start meeting to be attended by the traffic controller before commencing traffic control duties. The meeting is vital to ensure everyone on site understands activities that are occurring and the responsibilities and roles of each person working on the site are to be made clear prior to work commencing. The guidance also provides detailed considerations for traffic control station setup and positioning. This considers the safety of the traffic controller, of road users, visibility, access to an escape path, ability to use relevant equipment, the use of cones and additional signs in setup activities, and speed limits and sign locations. Traffic controllers are responsible for ensuring that traffic control stations are operated in a safe and orderly manner. Queue monitoring is a key function. Traffic controllers need to consider the speed of traffic and sight distance to the end of the queue and whether additional warnings are required to avoid end of queue collisions. Traffic controllers also need to know the approved signals, which are detailed in the guide. Additional material is provided for what to watch, that is, only being responsible for a single lane of traffic in one direction, and information on how to manage traffic on two-lane, two-way roads and on multi-lane roads. It must be remembered that traffic controllers cannot operate on Category 3 roads, and only on roads where the speed is 60 kilometres per hour or less. There are also circumstances where a third traffic controller may be required, such as when two traffic controllers cannot see each other, 
and radios are not available, or when a queue is so long it approaches a crest or blind corner, or when traffic is approaching too fast and an additional traffic controller with a slow sign is required. An incident or near miss is an occurrence that in the opinion of the traffic controller affects the operational safety and or effectiveness of a traffic controller at a worksite or at roadworks and could be caused by anyone interacting with the worksite, including road users, pedestrians and construction workers. It is summarised as an incident when actual damage occurred or a near miss when no damage occurred but could have. Incidents and near misses can relate to people, plant or equipment environment, reputation, and processes or a project. Examples of incidents can include accidents occurring within the designated worksite or roadworks, the physical contact or impact with a traffic controller, worker, other road user or equipment, vehicles or the worksite, or difficulties experienced with stopping certain vehicle types where damage or impact is caused. Examples of near misses can include road users disobeying a direction or a signal given by a traffic controller at a designated worksite, or speeding through a worksite or past a traffic controller. While no damage may occur with a near miss, reporting near misses assists with identifying events that may result in a future incident and can lead to improved practices to prevent this occurring. This guidance includes material on actions to take if a minor incident occurs or if it is more serious and poses further risk of injury or damage to property. When reporting incidents, certain details are important. The time, location and date, the type of incident, the vehicle type, registration, direction of travel, description of the driver, and a description of the incident and witness details. If hazardous loads are involved in an incident, evacuation of the area might be required. If traffic controllers do not comply with the guidance material, enforcement action or penalties are the responsibility of each jurisdiction. Non-compliance issues can range from deviations from clothing standards to failing com to comply with fitness for work requirements or other accreditation conditions. Thank you for listening to this webinar today. I hope that this assists in providing an overview of part seven of the Austroads Guide to Temporary Traffic Management and Austroads encourages your feedback on the content of the guide to allow for it to be continually improved to meet industry needs.